0: Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchen from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the 50 Most Relevant today. We're about to exit out of the 30s, because number 30 today is Essendon midfielder, Darcy Parish. He was the breakout that went from, yeah, okay, you're a decent footballer to an elite scoring fantasy option. He was phenomenal last year and if you own Darcy Parrish at any point in the first three quarters of the season, chances are he was a huge reason why you had a good 2021 year. Joining me on this episode, it's been a few days since I've had him on. I've got Rids back. Hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. How are you? Oh, good look, uh, Darcy's such an interesting player. When, when you run through the numbers and you look at him, sometimes you can feel like there's an obvious narrative around him. But nothing ever is as obvious as it seems, especially when you've got the variables of humans uh, thrown into the mix. Last year, he was elite, just plain and simple elite. And if he was someone you traded into your team, and especially uh, after round six or from round six, chances are it went well for you. Just the 24 years of age, midfield eligible and last year he gave us some career high averages and career high scores. In AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, it was a 160 against the Richmond Football Club while he nearly ventured into the 200 club in Supercoach and Dream Team with a 190 against the Cats. He's priced at an average point of 105.4 in AFL Fantasy and 114 in Supercoach. It sounds a lot, but it might just be value. In Supercoach is going to cost you just over 620k, 885,000 in AFL Fantasy and he is $800 shy of being 900,000 in Dream Team. Rids, when I think about Darcy Parish last year, I remember this time last year there were people sending in questions to us around keeper leagues going, "Should I delist Darcy Parish?" He feels like he's never going to get much more than a High 80s, mid-80s guy across the formats. I don't think it's going to work. Should I delist him? This was the narrative around Darcy Parish 12 months ago. Now the question is, he could actually be the top midfielder in the
1: game if things go his way. Oh, yeah, he can. Um, this guy's ceiling is wow way. This is crazy ceiling. But on the flip side... When he gets tagged, when he gets attention, when he drifts out the game, geez, that basement's as low as it could possibly be. You know, we're seeing 50s, 60s. Like, it's just hard to predict this guy because there's so much difference between his best and his worst.
0: There's 100 points of deviation, arguably, week in, week out with Darcy Parrish, which is what makes him so hard for fantasy coaches this preseason to place exactly what he could be because you look over what he did do for us last year. He ranked second in the league for clearances per game, fourth for inside 50s, fifth for scoring involvements, eighth for disposals, ninth for effective disposals, important for us in Supercoach, as is the fact that he was 10th per game for contested possessions he's fantastic at all those elements let's break down the year even further in dream team and fantasy that 105 average 12 tons seven over 120 and you talk about ceiling Riz. here's here it is on display of those tons five of them over 130 and two 150 or higher and just the four sub 80 scores all year ranked 16th in those formats of dream team and fantasy for total points super coach Average of 114, 14 tons, 8 over 120, 7 over 130, and an insane 4 over 150, including that 190. Like in DT and AFL Fantasy, four scores sub 80, but he was ranked 13th for points. If you pretty much brought him in, Rids, from round six onwards when Dylan Shields' injury forced a coaching restructure from Ben Rutten. If you brought him in from that point in time, he was one of the best players going in the game.
1: It's intriguing, isn't it? It's like opportunity. That's all he needed. All he needed. He just needed an opportunity. Um, It's similar to what we said the other day. All Maynard's been wanting is an opportunity. Yeah, that's a good contrast. If we look at Parrish, all he wants is an opportunity. He's been stuck on a high forward flank. but let's talk the elephant in the room, yeah. Yep. Dylan Schill, Andy McGrath. Let's talk Devin Smith, and let's talk Ben Hobbs. And even Ken a dry
0: Caldwell es- throw in the mix of that too, yeah.
1: Well, dry Caldwell as well. But can acid and fit all five, including Darcy, including Zach Merritt, including the others. Yeah, you know, I'll Perkins was great. There was Stringer on had a some wing, CPAs, Stringer yep. go through there. I mean, can they fit all of them in the one midfield and they, you know, all get enough ball? Well, that, that's one the of the big things question. that I noticed. One of the big things with Darcy Parrish is was when he played that role, he would just find the ball. 30 plus disposals, Every 40 plus disposals. He was breaking records for incident, Yeah. one after the other. After Winning the other.
0: medals for best on ground, getting brown low votes, amazing.
1: It was, it was staggering, wasn't it? Yeah. Now, so there's a bit of – you're going to be sitting on the fence, aren't you? You're going to go, I'm going to look at a glass half-full here and I'm going to say, well, at 105 with his basement so low, well, wow, we this guy could go 120. Yeah. Or I'm going to be going, well, at 105, is that too much to be taking a punt that he is going to play first-choice midfield for the whole season? So it's really one of those ones where you toss a coin. Preseason watch, Maynard Cup watch. Yeah, we should yeah. be definitely watching the Maynard Cup for this one. Definitely does watching your play. I, I think does so. does McGrath play?
0: Yeah. You know? Those become the key questions. Because if you're looking for the upside of Parrish, let me take you to that. Because in round six to round 16, in just a 10-game stretch, let me contrast him to Tom Mitchell. Clayton Oliver, Jack McRae, and um, Jack Steele. So, so four of the big boys across the formats. I, I won't include Took, not because it ruins what I'm about to share, but rather he only played nine of those 10 games. He, he missed a game through there. So I just purely went for, for some of the biggest midfielders that played 10 games. In Dream Team and Fantasy, he averaged 127. And in Supercoach, he averaged 139.8. Let me tell you what these other guys delivered. Tom Mitchell, 115 in Dream Team and Fantasy, 112 in Supercoach. Clayton Oliver, 106 in Dream Team and Fantasy, 123 in Supercoach. Jack McRae, 120 in Dream Team and Fantasy, 126 in Supercoach. Jack Steele, 119 in Dream Team and Fantasy, 122 in Supercoach. The closest of the big boys that got to him in that 10-game stretch was still 13 points per game away from him in Supercoach, and that's Jackson McRae. The closest that got to him in Dream Team and Fantasy in that 10-game stretch was Jackson McRae, who was still seven points per game away. He was 21 points almost, 21 points over Clayton Oliver. He was nearly, nearly 27 points per game more than what Tom Mitchell was giving you in Supercoach. This is the upside that Rids you're talking about, while the downside, I suppose, is the fact when he did play with Dylan Shield, which is seven games last year, he averaged 79 in Dream Team and Fantasy and 84.3 in Supercoach. To put that into splits, he averaged 38.6 points more in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team when he played without Shield and 43.8% more points, 43.8 More points in super coach than without him. Even more specifically, if you want the numbers. Over the final five games of the year. So even with Parrish playing through the midfield then, 84.4 is what he delivered in DT and fantasy. 87.8 in super coach. That tells the story for us, right there, doesn't it, Rids? It feels like at his price, we're either going to get 20 points of value or going to get shortchanged 20 points of value.
1: I feel dizzy after that, MJ. A lot 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 of numbers in there. (laughs) A lot of numbers. numbers. I'm not a number guy by the most best of times, you know, but I've been feeling a bit like heaven now. Yeah, take a lie down and have another coffee. (laughs) The reality of the situation is for Darcy Parrish, it's very simple. Yes. What is his role? Good question. Who's fit? Yes. And what are they going to play if he continues to be in the midfield? Now, I think yesterday had such a great year last year, but it was on the back of Stringer being the clearance king, okay, from the center bounces. Mm. It was on the back of Parish having a best, you know, season, best career season. Career, career season blah, 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 blah. And then on top of that as well, it was on the back of people missing out through injury. Chiel, McGrath, Caldwell, yeah. Exactly. So... Where do these guys play when they come back? Because if Essendon are going to still rely on Stringer having those clearance numbers in the midfield and centre of clearances, and Parrish getting the numbers he did, that's going to only push a Zach Merritt out to a wing. That's Mm -hmm. only going to give opportunity for a shield maybe to go half forward, McGrath half back. Whatever happens in that is going to be intriguing. Because I can't see a world where Darcy Parish isn't in their first mid-rotations.
0: Has to be. Has to be off that
1: season. Yeah. I just don't see a world of it. Yeah. I mean, we're talking... like He was in Brownlow calculations late last year, you know? Yep. He had that good a year. We're talking about a guy who... Like, he just... Well, he didn't really win games of football, but he kept Essendon single-handedly in games of football... That Well, it's really, you know, should have been in. Yeah. Right? That's how good he played. I just don't know whether that's sustainable. And I think there was a couple of 60s late in the year, especially against Adelaide and GWS. Yeah, got some tagged attention. attention. And none of them
0: were yeah. really big taggers. Like you, you mentioned that Crows game. Uh, Harry Schomburg, just in his second season, who's never played accountable footy in that way, kept him to a really low score. So you're right, I think... Those are the concerns for us, is the role of him, the role around him, and how does he handle this bigger attention?
1: Yeah, but he enters this pre-season now as potentially their number one mid. Yes, I think it's so a So they've got the whole pre-season working around yeah. what are they going to do, how's their midfield going to work with Darcy Parrish as their number one mid. Yeah. Like, that's, that's how big it is. Like, I mean, we just don't know. There's just too many question marks. At this point in time, but the fact is, if he comes out and he goes bang bang okay and scores 140 round one, mm-hmm. 140 round two, and Jack Steele or Tuke Miller come out and you've started them in and they go 90 90, help. Mm. I mean, are you going to be able to go took to or a Steele to Darcy Parish?
0: Yeah, that's after a round big, two. That's a big conundrum, right there.
1: I can tell you now, though the the flip side to that is, if you start Darcy Parish okay, mm-hmm. from round one and he doesn't set the world on fire after two rounds in the limited trade formats, he's an easy trade out, yeah.
0: Yeah, he gives you you the, can go the look and see and of those guys, yeah.
1: Well, he's 130,000 less in than Steele and Took and you know, around the $150,000 mark. So you could actually go and downgrade somewhere, get a decent big negative break even, you know, yeah. whoever, and get him up to one of those other guys if that you weren't 100% sold on if need be.
0: Yeah. So
1: there is a world where he's absolute. If you're going to, if you're keen on him, you are starting. Yes. But there's also another world. If you're not keen on him, can you bring him in for one of the other guys that you are keen on after two good rounds?
0: Yeah, and and that's hard, man. That's a that's a tough question. The, the, we've got very limited games last year with Parrish as a midfielder. Shield, Caldwell, McGrath, Merritt all playing and Stringer playing as a centre-bounce midfielder. And when I say limited, I mean there's really one and in terms of them playing full games and probably that's the elimination final that didn't even count in fantasy last year but for what it's worth and it is the narrowest of games of data 35 touch game and he scored 122 in dream team and fantasy 169 in super coach and the dogs even tried to tag him during that game because he was so influential early on in the game when it when it was a, a questionable um, like the halftime, it was five goals, four to four goals, seven. It was at that point that they tagged Parish, and the game was lost pretty much from that point on for the Bombers. So there is a world where he could be 20 points of value and be the number one or pushing that mantle as number one midfielder. Oh, he could also just be the biggest burn
1: man of the year. I just don't know mate.
0: He's so hard to place because, equally, they both feel viable.
1: I just don't see him. Okay, and this is going to be a massive preseason call, okay? So, why not? It's it's January. It's the middle of January. Why not? This is going to be absolutely massive. So, I'm going to make a statement now. If you like Darcy Parrish, he has to be started with. I agree. Now, the reason why I say that is if you miss 140s, we know he's going to have 50s and 60s There'll be tag yeah.
0: Okay,
1: we know that's how it works. So you want to start with him and then move him on if it doesn't work out. Yes. I can't see a world where you would upgrade or trade him in or trade into him after round two if you don't start him. So yeah. I actually think He's one of those ones, and it's massive, massive risk. But the reward is stupidly crazy. Okay, if you are big on Darcy Parish, he has to start in your team.
0: Yep, that's I just
1: think, how I think of it. I think that's one hundred percent right. If he does get off to a flyer, I don't even think you can upgrade to him. I just think he's a one and done.
0: Yeah, it feels very mythical, like that. Of it's the decision is made before the first bounce. Um, of their game against the Cats, um, of, of whether or not you're going to be on board or not. And there are always variables that come in the year that can change stuff. But, but I, I'm, I'm of that belief too. If you love him, there's enough upside there to pursue him and you need to back that in. If you're hesitant now, the hesitancy will hang year round And you'll always be nervous trading into him. For those curious about what his early fixture looks like, it's the Cats at the MCG, the Lions at Marvel Stadium, the reigning premiers, Melbourne at the G, the Crows at Marvel, the Dockers at Marvel, the Pies at the MCG, and then they take on the Bulldogs and the Hawks. So most of the start of their year is Melbourne-based, of course. That's all purely dependent on COVID variables throwing that out. They they do not leave Melbourne um, until uh, they get into round nine. They've got a couple of tough games there. The Bulldogs, the Demons, and and maybe you could say the Lions. Could be some tough matchups through that midfield. But that's a pretty friendly fixture for the for the Bombers. And I don't see any scary matchups too much, especially over that first six weeks for him.
1: Okay, so we'll just there's two things to this. The round one matchup, Geelong. Yep. He absolutely dominated against Geelong last year, okay. He did. But Mark O'Connor didn't play. He didn't.
0: That's true. Good catch.
1: So if he dominated and Mark O'Connor's named round one and he's still in that tagging role. You can guarantee of. that's where he's going. Yes. He's going to Darcy Parish. Yep. Okay? It's good catch. Because Darcy Parish absolutely smashed that game last year.
0: Yeah, he did. Well, there was the 190 Supercoach game, yeah.
1: If you like Darcy Parish, you're going to start with Darcy Parish and Marco is not named for round one. Happy days. You've got a VC captain option. Yes. That's how easy it is. Yep. So I absolutely think it comes down to it's personal preference, it's personal liking. I think if at this point, yeah. the guy, you just got to go with him. Like, I mean, there's how many times through the seasons, okay, that someone absolutely loves a certain player. And as <laughs> soon as they start flying, they're like, oh, I wish I got him. I wish I trusted myself. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? But how many times have you actually said, oh, why did I start him? Oh, no, no, no. No one says that because you just train him out and you move on. Just yeah. back yourself in. Back in you, if you enjoy watching the guy play, and there's no reason why you don't, because no. this guy's an absolute beast in the right role. Yep. Just just start him, play, enjoy it. You know, just lock on. Just jump on board. And yeah. you can trade him out. And you know what? By round five, no one even remembers that you started Darcy Parrish. who went eighty eighty round one and round two. That's who true. cares?
0: Yeah. This is no, what I'm tricky. sort of saying
1: to people. Don't be that person.
0: Yeah. Okay. A good call.
1: Good advice. Anyways. Yep.
0: No, I love a good pre-season um RIDS bit of advice and a RIDS rant. It's uh it's a nice bit of work. He he has to be on your watch list, ladies and gentlemen, regardless if you might have discounted going, oh, it's because of Shield, it's because of the no, no, no. Refocus, it's a new year. They've had the whole year to train him through there. They've got that structure now. They've got Kelly into the back line. They've got Heppel into the back line. They've had the year, to, the preseason to train together. Perkins has got another year of preseason and craft through that forward line. It's a much more defined midfield now than it was 12 months ago. And so for at the very least, consider and watch Darcy Parrish because he could be a make or break pick in 2022. Drafts is interesting for me, though, Ritz. He's currently ranked um, just by points. He was ranked 16th in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy, Ultimate Footy Format, and 13th in Super Coach. So he's top 20 on points. But I'd actually be a little surprised, given there are the variables around him. I'd actually be a little surprised if people go for him in the first 20 picks, especially with the forward premiums that we know that we have picked up from champion data. But... How much are people prepared to slide on him or jump for him? There could be a wide three or four draft round range from anywhere from the second round to the fifth round, depending on how bullish someone is about
1: him. I just think he's an M2 option. I think he's M2 as well. I think you pick your guy that's absolutely absolutely knows he's nailed on a spot, he's cemented, he plays his role, he does everything. You get him. You get that 105, 110 points guaranteed no matter yeah. what, you know, and then you just lock in. You know, I'm talking guys like McCrane, Toot, Steele, you know, Mitchell, so yeah. You know, the ones that just come in week in, week out, Petrarca, Oliver, yeah. you know, all of these guys, there's a, there's a plethora of them. Yeah. But then what you want to do is you want to take that risk at M2. Oh, you want to take a punt on a guy that people don't want to take a punt on. But mm. if he flies, he flies. And yeah. he wins you games of football. And, but the thing is with um, Darcy Parrish is you can't trade him. Okay, If he has no. bad games, don't no, trade him. you got to back him. that in. Yeah. You just keep him on the field. You play him through. Because he is going to have games where he is going to dominate. There's yeah, no problems will. about that. It's just... That deviation's just so big. You know, you might get a 61 week, you might get 100 the next. Like, you might get 180 the next. (laughs) Who knows with this guy? But the thing is, you just got to back him in. And that's why you want to get that solid locked-in roll guy at M1.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's really, really good advice, man, on, on both counts. Uh, if you want to go back and read the article on Darcy Parish, all the stats and the numbers that I said that if it gave you a headache like it did, Rids, you can go and check them out for yourself. It's online now for you, coachespanel.tv. Hey, Rids, appreciate your work today on the episode. Yeah, it's so easy, man. If you want to go and read all the other players' articles that we've revealed so far, uh, 20-odd players so far, already done in the 50 most relevant, nearly halfway, you can go and check out at coachespanel.tv. Tomorrow, we venture into the 20s. It's an interesting podcast we've got lined up for you as we head in there. If you do want to get that podcast early, it's available for our Patreons now. All the links to join up to our supporter group are at coachespanel.tv. Number 29 has been arguably the most hyped player of the past two pre-seasons. And it might be a bit unfair, but he really hasn't lived up to the hype. Is it third year lucky for this player? Who is it? And will it be his year in 2022? We'll discuss that tomorrow in the 50 Most Relevant.